Welcome back, SBC listeners. I'm excited to bring you this episode. It's very nostalgic for me, and I hope you enjoy it too. I'm going to go for a dual flight here with my instructor, Larry, but this one's special. I took along my two youngest sons for this flight. So sit back and enjoy episode 43, A Family Affair. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango, so Chandler Air Service. We have Sulu, and uh, we'd like a south departure, please. What does it say to be an angel? Where does the sun go when it sleeps? Is every star that shines so brightly? Like I said, this one's a bit nostalgic for me, but it also highlights how long I've taken to get these crazy episodes out. Remember, my primary flight training took place in the spring and summer of 2008. That was quite a while ago, obviously. In this episode, I did a training flight with Larry, but the important thing about this one was that I had my two youngest boys with me. Larry said it would be okay to bring them along in the back seat, so they got to fly in a small airplane for the very first time. After all, they were only six and eight years old then. Here's the crazy part. They're both adults now. The eight-year-old is even married. They don't have any kids yet, everyone. Come on, I'm not a grandpa yet. But anyway, this should be fun. Here's the bad news, though. This lesson was to practice low-level maneuvers. And remember, summertime in Phoenix is no joke. So with a little wind, a lot of thermals, and a pretty warm cockpit, Those enthusiastic kids in the back might have been a slight shade of green by the time we returned. As a related note, this was an afternoon flight. After all, it had to be after school for the little ones. As I said, no joke. So we would indeed practice some turns around a point, some hood work, and some S-turns across a road, and then we'd get back. This episode has a lot of in-cockpit audio, as Larry and I were talking quite a bit about the flying. So let's get started. I'll play it a little bit before I got the ATIS, so you can hear Larry give a little pie rep on how the air was out there since he had been flying earlier. He even said we would do a little hood work, or in other words, practice flying in simulated IMC, or instrument meteorological conditions. This little note Won't seem too important in this episode, but hold on to that for a future one coming soon. It gets pretty interesting. Anyway, to be ready for the check ride, I would need three hours of experience flying by reference only to the instruments. So we were getting some of that today. If you're not a pilot, you may wonder why you would need practice doing this since a pilot without an instrument rating should never be flying in IMC. And you would be right, they shouldn't. The reason that we do this is many aviation accidents are caused by unintentional VFR flight into IMC. So the FAA wants every pilot to have at least a minimal amount of practice relying on just the instruments. Three hours is not a lot, of course, but I guess it's better than nothing. You'll also hear a bit of a problem I was having with one of the radios, so I switched to the other one. Actually, I don't even think it was the radio having a problem, but if I remember right, it was the audio panel. I couldn't get it to monitor the radio. For this VFR training flight, only one radio would be required, so I wasn't too concerned. Just a little inconvenient to have only two frequencies able to be preset rather than four when you have two radios, one active and one standby frequency on each radio. You'll also hear me make my initial call to ground, so here we go. 
Yeah, I think it was okay out there. It might have been a little bumpy. If we're going to be down low on ground reference maneuvers, it might be a little bumpy down there. But Okay. We'll do some hook work, too. One, two, eight point three. Why isn't it going to two? Uh, there. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Doesn't want to do it, eh? Uh-uh. Yeah, that's weird. Guess we'll do it on this Doesn't one. Doesn't want to do it, eh? Sorry, I'll get out of your way. All right, I'm just trying to see it. You're on 2832, there you go. There we go. Caution for multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport, up to 310 feet AGL. Use caution for bird activity in the vicinity of Chandler. Hazardous weather information available on high flight watch and flight service frequencies. Advise on initial contact, you have Sierra. Chandler Tower Information Sierra, time 21470, wind 170 at 6, weather better than 5005, temperature 39er, 2.13, altimeter 29er, 9er 1. Visual approaching use, landing and departing runways 22, left and right. No right. jam, caution for multiple. Chandler Ground Cherokee 4121 Tango's Chandler Air Service, uh, like a south departure, we have Sierra. Taxi to 22 right via Alpha November, Cherokee 21 Tango. Speed talking, uh. <laughs> yeah. Larry gives another pie rep on the weather and how it was beautiful in the morning, but has gotten hot and a little bit windy. Also, I introduced the boys to Larry. He had met us at the airplane after I had pre flighted it, so. I had already gotten the boys situated in the airplane when he got out. I miss those little boy voices sometimes, thus the nostalgia for me. One thing I noted that is something hot area pilots know about when it's this hot and you check the carb heat during run-up, it barely has any effect on the RPM. For the uninitiated, normally to check that the carb heat is working, you would have the throttle set to a specific RPM during run-up and you'd turn the carb heat on. Under normal conditions, the higher temperature in the carburetor where the fuel mixes with air would cause a noticeable decrease in RPMs. In this case, flying in the summer in Phoenix, the carb heat doesn't change the RPMs much since the normal air intake without the heat is already pretty dang hot. So that's one reason why airplanes don't generally perform as well on hot days. The engine can't make as much power. There are other things that hot days bring too that affect aircraft performance, such as density altitude, but we don't need to get into that right now. Take a listen during the end of the taxi and the run-up. Yeah, there was some dust devils out here earlier. This morning it was just absolutely beautiful, as usual. And then as it got, gets heated up here, it was suddenly... Yeah, it gets a little brutal. So, uh, guys, this is Larry. He's my instructor. Hey, guys. The little guy on the right there is Trey, and on the left is Merrick. How you guys doing? Okay. Is this the first time you've been up in a little airplane? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Good thing about the afternoons is there's a lot less traffic. No, oh, you're crazy enough you're, to fly. Yeah, you aren't kidding. There is a lot less traffic. <laughs> nice and quiet out here. We're the only crazy guys out here. I gotta fly again after this too. Oh boy. One more. All right, the run up. <laughs> Thank you. 
gets this hot, the carb heat barely does anything. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to let this next part play real time. The best part, of course, at least for me, is the realization from the little ones when they see that we're no longer bound to the ground. We've defied gravity in this little tin can and off we go. But before that, you're going to hear Larry brief me a bit on what we'll do right after takeoff, including that I'll put the hood on shortly after we take off and we'll be tuning in and intercepting the 215 radial on the Willy VOR and I'll track it outbound. This will be some of that simulated IMC training I talked about earlier and will be done using the nav radio since in IMC, of course, you can't navigate using ground-based references. Larry is also trying to make the boys as comfortable as possible by keeping the door open as long as he can, as well as checking on opening their vents. It was hot, man, so this was helpful. There was a barren landing ahead of our takeoff, and they landed long and then used the whole runway before taking off, and we just wanted to get the AC going. Of course, that being the ram air into the cockpit via the passive vents. There was no real AC in these trainers, come on. Here we go. The end of the run-up the briefing, and the takeoff. This will take us all the way up to me getting under the hood. What we'll do is as you're heading out there, when you take off and as you're climbing out, I'm going to go ahead and put you under the hood. Okay? Because what we'll do, I'll give you a little briefing as you get ready here. I should have talked to you before we got in the plane. I apologize. It's okay. Um, but I just had a thought of doing this as we are doing your run-up. Set your nav one on the Willy VOR. And again, what we'd normally do in the air was is to tune and identify 113.3 for the Willy VOR. And you okay. know where that's at, right? Yep. And then we'd identify it by pushing nav one. And unfortunately, that was so loud, it blew our ears. We, up in the air, we should get a Morse code identifier to yep. make sure we have it. I set it for the 215-degree radial from Willie. So we're going to take off, and I'm going to have you put the hood on. I'm going to vector you to the south, and we're going to intercept the 220-degree radial. 215 so or 220? The 215, what did okay. I say? 215 is what I mean. Okay. And uh, so we'll be heading south. As that needle starts to center, we have a choice of going inbound on that radial or outbound. We're going to track it outbound. Okay. So as, as before it centers, we're going to turn right to heading of 215 and just track it outbound. I'll talk more about that after we take off, just so we can intercept a radial and sure. track it outbound. Okay. Apologize, that thing was turned up. I should have checked that before. <laughs> Oh, look at that slip. Yeah. should have done is turned it down, hit nav one, pulled it out. There you go. That works. That's better. All right. Boost, boost pump on. Transpond. Dude. Good to go. Okay. Let me go ahead and I'll give him a little bit here for a minute longer here. Helps if you don't have the brake on. Uh, normal takeoff? Yeah, let's just do a normal takeoff. Now it's going to get warm. It's a guy on final. Oh, let me open it up then. <laughs> get a little get air here for a little bit longer. Like a duchess or something. Uh, I think a Baron, yeah. Baron? Yep. Yep. About half the runway. Yeah. 
He's not down yet. He's down. Okay. All right. I don't see anything else. You guys ready to go? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Ever going to turn? Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango. Is that 2-2 right? Ready to go. Cherokee 4121 Tango, Chandler Tower, hold shorter runway 2-2 right. Jeez. Holding shorter 2-2 right, 2-1 Tango. I tried to draw that out as long as I could. Yeah, this guy's using kept the thinking, Kept he's thinking using, he was going to turn. Yeah, he's using the entire runway. Ready on two, two. Turn eight to eight kilo mic. Or correction, taxi the ramp and monitor ground. Eight kilo mic, thanks. Here we go, guys. Maybe. Cherokee fall one two one tango at the field boundary left turn southbound approved runway two two right clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff on two two right and left turn approved two one tango. Making sure their vents are open back here. Oh, good. Okay. Not sure they are. I'll wait till we get up there. We up to a one runway two two right clear touch and go. Touch and go two two right two eight one. <laughs> Not much. Oh, in the air. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a high altitude takeoff. Probably density altitude today was fairly high, so yeah. it's a little bit more like it would, obviously, what it would be like taking off at a high altitude airport. Longer runway, shallower climb rate. This one has the uh, the engine that uh, was overhauled, probably the most recent overhaul was this engine. It's going to get a little more altitude before I turn. Okay. you go ahead and put the hood on. Hey, I've got the got airplane. It. So Larry gives me some warnings about getting myself into IMC and then says, but if you do think about this and he proceeded to instruct, of course, he starts with aviate. Anyway, I'll let this lengthy portion of the flight play through as Larry gives a lot of good advice and checks on the boys from time to time. I'll cut out dead air a bit. So while we flew about 20 minutes under the hood, it'll be a little less time for you. And 
again, if you just went inadvertently IFR, then you screwed up. You should never, you should never do that. Obviously, you should yep. be turning around or landing before you get yourself in a position okay. that that ever happens. I got but it. But you really screw up and it happens, then you, your first responsibility is to control the airplane. Just take a deep breath. Don't do anything, but get right on the instruments, nice and straight and level. Get your scan going, and then, like I said, you get the. Then you you want to have a plan of action in mind. That the first thing might be just to turn around. And again, if you don't come out of it right away, you're going to have to be talking to somebody. But above and beyond everything, you want to control the airplane first. The aviate first, and then you navigate, and then you talk to somebody. But again, you you just got on the instrument. You want to set your scan up. Scan, scan, scan. I tell myself, take a deep breath. Nice. Uh, you got the airplane under control. I added uh, added something into the mix here that I put the we put the uh, Willie VOR on here. Yep, I'm watching. And again, we're heading to the south. If you look here, you see we're heading to the south here. We're on a heading of about one six zero. We'll double check our DG with our magnetic compass here in a moment when we're straight and level. As you can tell, you're heading south, so you're heading towards that two two zero degree radial. Yep. We'll climb to thirty five hundred feet. Your primary for uh, constant airspeed climb here is your airspeed indicator. So you got right about 79. That's looking really good. Center your scan right now is just that attitude indicator. It gives you the most information right now. Primary for bank. As you're looking at this down here, your direction of gyro. 3,500, right? Yeah, let's go to 3,500. Maybe it'll be just a touch cooler. But air work, i got to check my watch here for... I see you outside. Are you okay? Yeah. Doing all right? Top 2A1, runway 22 right, clear, touch How about and go. you? You okay? Clear, touch and go, 22 right, 2A1. Okay. And let me put, uh, we're a little realistic, we'll put Phoenix Approach on. Fuel pump is off. Well, it's one thing to, you, you know, like I said, you never want to inadvertently go IFR. You just, you just, you, you, if you plan things properly, you never want to get in a position where that happens to you. But I've read stories where guys have, you know, they've been pushing it to get to an airport, and maybe a rain shower started, and the visibility suddenly went to nothing. Uh, nice little thermals out here. Yep. Boy, this time of year, yeah, you can see the buildups out there, can't you? Well, I can't. <laughs> Not at the moment, yeah. <laughs> I've had guys I've flown with been practicing just what we're doing and accidentally flew me into clouds. And I said, whoa, not good. Yeah. We did an immediate 180 to get out of there because we didn't want to run into some IFR traffic out there. But, yeah, look at that. We got a rated descent going there. We got it on 80, and we were going down for a moment. We got the downdraft. We could actually level off at 3,000 if you'd like to. Okay. Why don't we do that? That way we don't have to claw our way up to 3,500 here in this heat. Not going to be much cooler a few feet higher anyway. You okay? You all right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Still good? Good? All right. Can you guys see out the windows there? Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, now I got a thermal as soon as yeah. I was leveling off. Pitch power trim here. We'll keep it at about 3,000. Nobody talking on Phoenix Approach here either. 2,400 pitch power trim. And about, now we're at 3,000. We can lean a little bit here. Golf is 
Okay, like I said, the most important thing is... Uh, We're on our radio, by the way. Oh, that's right, thank you. We just we'll intercept their radio. For your contact from we'll follow that out. Now hitting 120, maintain VFR 3,500. Somebody asked me today, what's the relevance of doing this? I said, obviously, as you know, if I, I told them that we were... That radio took us to another airport, we'd be following that for the purpose of navigating to another airport at some other location. No. But, uh, what I started to say is, again, just what I was saying about saying is it shouldn't inadvertently go off IFR. But if you do, you have to come to the realization that I can't see outside. I have no choice but to look at these to save my life here. And in your case, if, if you're a private pilot, you're inadvertently IFR. That's an emergency. You've got to do something right away to get out of that. But more important, more important than anything, like I said, is you want to control the airplane just like you're doing now. So you just get it straight and level, take a deep breath, and your first point of action might be to make about a 180-degree turn, so that's what we'll do. So uh, Warrior 412 Untangle, let's turn left heading to this heading 060. Left 060. Yeah, it'll make that a standard rate turn. For now, I'll just say a turn, but standard rate, you can look at the turn coordinator to see what the little airplane is in the hash mark, and you can look up here and know that's probably 10 to 15 degrees. It's actually a function of airspeed. The faster you go for a standard rate turn, the steeper you're going to have to bank to get, uh, get it to turn at three degrees per second here. A wobbly turn coordinator today. Yeah. If you can see if you're in turbulence and just using that, that might be a little precarious. But, again, we're not going to worry about making it absolutely perfect. You're going to want to make it more precise as you proceed into your training, and you want to get an instrument rating, you're going to have to be a lot much more precise. Uh, we're mainly concerned about you keeping the airplane under control and getting it turned around to another heading. No, zero, six, zero. And again, just a reminder, if you're flying in some climate where it's cold and rainy and, you, you know, you start to lose RPMs, and when you're in the cloud, you're in visible moisture, you might start thinking a little bit about carp heat or pedo heat if something started to ice up. Or, and like I said, you'd, you'd probably want to be talking to somebody pretty quick and getting a vector to some uh, an area where there's better weather. Yeah, it's doing good. Okay, uh, Warrior 412 Untangle, let's turn right heading 240. Right, 240. And you're looking clear out here, so. I think they're smiling back there, so they're okay. <laughs> I see some smiles. Yeah, they're both smiling. That's good. That's a good sign. Hopefully it'll be smoother down a little lower for those ground reference maneuvers too. Okay, very good. A little bit farther on this heading. Boy, nobody talking on Phoenix approach here. It's surprising. Parker, Seminole 3060 Kilo, is that a 2,000 or 4,000? Seminole 3060 Kilo, Phoenix departure, IDET. Speed 20 knots, you'll be following the Cessna on final. We're just 20 knots, five legal. Seminole 60 kilo radar contact, half mile north of Gateway, maintain 4,000. Hey, uh, 4,000. Maintain 4,000. Maintain VFR practice approach approved, no separation search provided. VFR practice 
approved, 5 0 Golf, turn right heading 220. Turn right heading 220, Terminal 60 Kilo, check the last uh, number in your transpond. I'm showing a 0740. Uh, 0747. 21 Tango, turn left heading 180. Left 180. Bumpier down lower here, isn't it? We won't stay down here too long. And 2 1 Tango, continue your left turn to a heading of 150. 150. There's 2,500. That's okay. Yeah, if you see something you don't like, just a nice, smooth transition into the proper attitude. Again, I've said this before, you don't want to move your head rapidly or bend down rapidly, pick up a pencil or anything. You don't want to get the fluid in your inner ear moving. Like I said, if you get something that's a little off, just make a correction to get it back where it should be. Okay, uh, 412 and Tango, turn left hitting 060. 060. Your DG is really off here, so I'll just use it for the moment. Okay. And we'll, uh, when we get on this heading, we're going to... Once we're straight and level for three seconds, we'll look up at that uh, magnetic compass and we'll see if it's in agreement with the directional gyro here. But for the moment, we'll turn to a heading of uh, 2 1 Tango, descend and maintain 2,000 feet. 2,000. Oh, that's a steep turn. There you go. Zero, 060 zero for the moment, and we're kind of accelerating for the moment, so we'll wait till we're level at 2,000 before we double check that. Directional gyro in the uh, magnetic compass. Gonna have to do this kind of quickly. Level off about right there for a moment. See what that magnetic compass is. It's saying zero nine zero. So let's set the. Oh, hold on uh, one sec. What's it doing? Not accelerated here. Yeah, not as far as I thought. It's reading zero seven zero. Okay, two one Tango. Turn left, heading zero three zero. Left zero three zero. Send and maintain one thousand eight hundred, and make that left turn to heading zero two zero. Okay. Continue your turn to a heading of three six zero. Just remember to keep that scan going. Scan, 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 scan. And I'm descending to what? One seven zero now. Descend to one thousand seven hundred feet. Okay. And turn left heading three five zero. There you go. Five zero and descend and maintain one thousand six hundred. Just continue your descent and turn left heading three four zero. There's three four zero and continue your descent. I almost got you on the wrong. We look up for a moment over the nose. Doggone it, I didn't get you quite on that oh, runway. Yeah. Just trying to vector you down right on the runway. Okay, there's one thousand seven hundred feet. You go back to the instruments and just level off at one thousand seven hundred. And Warrior 412 and Tingle, climb and maintain 3,000 feet. Climb 3,000 feet. Had a little off because we were doing a little gyro setting there, and I yeah. didn't get your turn started a little. I was trying to get you lined up right on the center line. Do a little bit more of this. Yeah, we'll just do a few more minutes of this, and we'll do some ground reference maneuvers. Well, let's do a climb here. You can stand heading a 340, that looks pretty good.
really like doing this training. And not because I want you flying IFR, but I just think it's really important that you feel comfortable. Feel comfortable. And, and I think, and I'm finding out that most people are pretty good at this, you know. Uh, you did, and from the time I've done it with you, you've done very well to maintain uh, control of the airplane. So I think the, the one factor that... Uh, is really important is just psychological. Going into the clouds is different than being under the hood right here. Under the hood right here, you know you can take the hood off and get it straight level. Right. When you go into the clouds, especially if you were by yourself, it's suddenly, holy cow, I can't just look up now if something goes wrong. But if you can do this under the hood, you can do it in the clouds. I think the first time I went IFR by myself, I saw the clouds coming, and I stopped looking outside. I was still in BFR conditions climbing into the clouds, and well before I got into them, I stopped looking outside and got right on the instruments. Then when I went into the clouds, I didn't even realize it was in the clouds. Unfortunately, what might happen if you inadvertently go, if, if it happens quickly, I, I can only think of it happening maybe with rain showers or something, or punching it, you know, not seeing some clouds. I don't know how you do that, but <laughs> yeah. uh, not see the clouds. But. I guess the important thing is to realize, hey, I cannot see outside anymore. I have to look at the instruments. So, tell you what, uh, 412 and Tingo, turn left heading 270. 270. So, we'll do just a little bit more. As a matter of fact, uh, the way this is climbing, I think we'll just level off at 2,500. So, 412 and Tingo, level off at 2,500. 2,500. Maybe. Yeah. If we're lucky. I don't know why it's struggling so much. I think we must be in a little bit of a downdraft. Plus, we're turning. Actually, just about uh, three or four more minutes, you'll have three tenths, so we'll stop it there. You guys still doing good, good back there? Good? Are you okay? Feel okay? Is it too warm for you? Kind of warm? No? Okay. 2,500, okay. Still drifting to the left. Okay, uh, what's your stable at 2,500 feet here? I'm going to give you another turn here in a moment. Yeah, just fighting the up and down drafts is what you're doing. So, doing good though. Okay, Warrior 412 Tingo, turn left heading 180. Left 180. Alright. Kind of warm? Okay. There you go, 180. Okay, now what I want you to do. And you're going to have to remember to look back and forth at this. I'd like to take you to take me directly to the Stanfield VOR. Now, heads up here, I didn't put any frequencies on for you, and we don't have the chart, so I'll give you a, okay. I'll tell you what it is. It's 14.8 for the Stanfield VOR. Okay. And all I want you to do is take me direct to it. I don't know the code either. Okay, did we just hear it there? I just heard it for a moment, so let's keep that in for a second. I just don't know what to compare it to. Yeah, I know. Uh, and that's We should have a chart with us, yeah. but let's say we identified it. We want to hear the Morris code. Okay, we'll assume we had the right one there, but you're right. We, we'd compare that with what we saw in the sectional. Right to it, huh? Yeah. Well, this makes it easy. <laughs> I should have made it another VOR, I guess. <laughs> well, let's see. Where we want to go? Right there. So we fly that inning. 
170. And we're almost done. We'll give it a couple more seconds. Just track towards the Stanfield VR, VR, and then we'll go do some ground reference maneuvers. Okay. I know why. Oh, yeah. DME-1, there we go. Could have brought him a bottle of water there, I think. Anyway, we'll ignore the DME. It's okay. not working. No, it doesn't appear to be giving us anything right now. That's okay. Okay, let's, uh, Warrior 412 untangle. Let's turn left, heading 090. Left, 090. And once you're on that heading, we'll take the hood off. You did about almost 20 minutes. We're only cruising at 80 knots. <laughs> yeah, is that something that's showing about 90? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Once you're on that heading, you go ahead and take the hood off, and we'll do. We can go down and we'll do some ground reference maneuvers. Got the plane? I got it for a moment there. Go ahead. So now it was time for some ground reference maneuvers, and it was getting really hot, especially as we got lower for the maneuvers. After I figured out where we were, we checked the wind using some dust near the ground. Larry asked me to start with turns around a point, so we picked a point and I started. And at 2,000 feet, we were a little less than 1,000 feet above ground level in that area. Larry was giving good instruction while I flew, so I'll let a lot of that play. After the turns around a point, we did some S-turns across a road. Then it was time to head back. And I don't think the little boys were unhappy about that. They were getting pretty hot and were no longer talking a lot. Poor little guys. Probably wasn't the best day for them to come, but they sure wanted to. Don't worry. They would fly with me quite a bit in the months and years to follow after I got my ticket and would have a great time. You guys doing okay? Yeah? You okay, Merrick? Are you sure? You're just hot? Okay. I got a little water left in here. Not much. I was gonna splash it on his face. Where are we? We're out over the green, <laughs> green fields here. So what you can do is pick yourself a point. We'll start with turns around a point. Okay. I got the vents on back there, but it's kind of not really that effective. Yeah. And let's see, we'll have to figure out where that wind is from. Yeah, it's hard to tell right now. Do you see anything that'll... Yeah, I see some dust blowing down here. It looks like it's coming on. Let's see, though. We took off to the uh, to the west, and it almost looks like the wind is drifting out of the east here. So, Well, let's see. What's a good spot? Some dust is... It's just kind of sitting there. I don't think there's much wind. All that much surface wind. Let's see what uh, the surface wind is at Chandler for the... Although I don't think I get 32 on this, can I? It's still on this one, though. 310 feet AGL. Use caution for bird activity in the vicinity of Chandler. Hazardous weather information available on high-watch flight watch and flight service frequencies. Advise on initial contact. You have Sierra. Chandler Tower Information, Sierra. Time 2147 Zulu. Wind 170 at 6. Weather better than yeah, 5,005. Okay. Temperature 39 er Not much wind. Whatever surface wind there is up there, it's out of the south. So. All right. Well, what do we have as a point here? Well, 
enter from a downwind, maybe on that corner over there. Okay, the, uh, which corner the is The corner that? of the fields. The green field with the desert there? Yeah. Okay, I see what Sound you're... okay? Yep, that sounds okay to me. Okay. They're about another bottle of water. I could give them some well, water I should have gotten there. some, yeah. All right, 2,000 feet. Okay. Get trimmed. Start right here as we go beam. Again, an exercise in dividing your attention very rapidly between everything. I mean, between the uh, maintaining the appropriate distance from the point, the proper altitude, and looking for traffic. So, to do that very rapidly, it works pretty good here. Not much wind, so we have a lot of wind to deal with. Just lots of thermals. Yep, moving me up and down. And you're using this point right out here, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. We don't want to get so close that we have to really get beyond 45 degrees of bank. Okay. Uh, it, again, if it was a real strong wind and you got close, you know, on the downwind portion, you might have to really crank it over to stay at equal distance from the point. So this is a pretty we good distance. eyeball it. I wouldn't get any farther than this because we're really not getting more than 30. Well, there's comes up about 45 degrees. Yeah, I wouldn't be any farther than this. Okay. Like I said, you don't want to get so close that you really got to fight it and get over at 60 degree bank turns. But uh, <laughs> you want to get close enough that it, you're demonstrating uh, turns around a point. If you're three miles away from it, it's kind of hard to tell that you're maintaining an equal yeah. distance here. I shouldn't have picked a place so close to those little hills right there. Yeah, that's okay. Every time I come around there, it gets we hit the bumps. Yep. Yeah, not enough wind to really get a good demonstration of what to do when the wind is blowing. But I, if this was the end of the end, end of the wind on this portion of the turn, obviously you got a shallow turn, right. and as you're starting to turn, the wind's coming off for your right. Starts increasing your ground speed. And you're doing well. You're doing the right thing. You're dividing your attention very rapidly, which is what you want to do. There is a little wind. I'm having to increase my speed. You can feel yeah. it. Yeah. Starting to push you out here a little bit. Yep. Yeah. There's the bumps. Out here, and I don't know, I, I'm not uh, well versed enough to know when they do all our crop dusting out here, but there's been times when I've been out here doing maneuvers that you got to keep your eyes open. Plus, yeah. it's, a heavily, you know, it's a high training area here, so you've always got to, as with any time you're flying, you got to keep your head outside the airplane watching for air, airplanes. But out here, you can you can have crop dusters out here too. So yeah, we got a little bit far on this side. Yeah, but again, if you see you've got a little off here, doing this on your check ride, you get a little off, just correct for it immediately. Just shows you know what you're doing. They're doing okay back there, I think. You're just getting more fine-tuned to the airplane, uh, what it sounds like, what it feels like. I tell people, you want to occasionally look in there and look at the altimeter, but you can tell how you're doing by looking at the nose of the airplane and where it's at in relation to the horizon, too. Yeah. Just like when you're doing a level turn at altitude, a steep level turn, you're looking at your nose in reference to the horizon more than you are at the altimeter. So the same thing really applies here. So That was better in that turn. He's yawning. He's going to sleep. <laughs> the other guy just looks like he needs a drink of cold water. Yeah, he gets really red. Yeah, the, the little guy, right? Yeah, the little yeah. guy. 
Okay, when you uh, feel comfortable with this, we'll do some S-turns across the road, and this looks pretty good. We don't have tons of wind here, but you're doing good. All right, S-turns across the road. We want to pick a road across the wind, so maybe we can use one of those lanes over there. Okay. Assuming the wind is coming from the south. Okay. I'll just choose one. Okay. All right. See the three dead fields right here up the nose. Uh, there's nothing the, in them. The brown one out here. No, no, no. Right, right below us. The one at an angle here. Yeah. Go uh, right an here. angle where it hits over here. I'll use that road. Okay. So okay. I'll come around this way. So we're. I got the, you. Okay. Downwind. We'll use this road. This one right here? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. The one we're just crossing. And if you can find a reference point out or use, that's great. If not, you'll just have to eyeball it. We're kind of close here, so as you can oh, see. Oh, it's this one. Yeah, it's this one right here, so oh, yeah. you got to get that longitudinal axis perpendicular to the road as you go around here. So right now, you're going to have to hurry up that turn to get it perpendicular. Not quite. <laughs> okay. So it was the one we just passed, right? Or yeah. this one? Well, let's let's use this one now. Okay. They're hanging in there. Although they're not looking quite as happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hot. Yeah, it is. Poor guys. Yeah, there you go. Now I see which road you're on. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of wind behind us, so reset. It's trying to push us in, but you're doing, it's, you're doing better on this part of it. A little bit short, but right? that's pretty there. close. Wings level. There's where it's trying to push you away. If it was strong enough, I'd start into a steep turn immediately, and then I start to vary that bank to get myself out here. I've kind of lost track of my road here. It's, oh, that was yeah. the second one over. Yeah. Got it. Follow just a little bit. and I, I see you doing is dividing your attention very rapidly. And once you get used to doing that, keeping your head outside, looking for traffic, watching your points, you know, your distances from the road, your distance out from the point, uh, once you learn to do that rapidly, it makes it a whole lot easier. this airplane as you're turning, you don't necessarily, again, I look outside the airplane while I'm looking for traffic, and you can kind of reference where that nose is in relation to the horizon, and pretty much keep that nose level without having to look in here a lot. Yeah. And you can tell by the way it feels, too. You know, you get into a steep turn on a windy day, and the nose goes down, you'll hear that engine accelerate, and uh, obviously things get louder, where when you pitch up on the other side of the turn, and maybe you're getting slow, and things get quiet. That's okay. 
tray. Nod your head if you're okay. Okay, you're just really hot? Okay. I'm just talking. I'm gonna go up to 2,700 feet. Okay. So we decided to head back, and the little guy, the six-year-old, had to utilize one of the bags I had for him, but he did great. His older brother was asking why he wasn't talking anymore, which was pretty funny, but we all know why he wasn't. I knew I needed to get him comfortably on the ground as soon as I could. We got the ATIS, which was still the same as before, and we're coming in for a full stop. As I said, they both did great. You'll notice that the tower, once we reported being in the pattern, mercifully switched us to 2-2 right, so we'd be closer to the ramp and parking. They had pity on us, wondering why we were flying in this inferno. Here we are coming in. We'll take it all the way back to the ramp. You can hear my eight-year-old while on short final say, finally, seeing that we were almost back on the ground. And when that door came open, there were more audible sounds of relief with the fresh air. Yep, I can't wait for the call. Two point one three, altimeter two niner, niner one. Visual approaching use, landing and deploying hey, runways two two, left and right. No damn caution for multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport, up to three hundred and ten feet AGL. We're headed Two's back, guys. For bird activity in the vicinity of Chandler. We're, We're headed back now, okay? We're going to put it on the ground. One. Visual approaching use, landing and departing runways two two, left and right. No damn caution for multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport. Yeah, he's smiling, but he's not feeling good. Use caution for bird activity in the Hazardous weather information available. Well, the heat's not it. It's what's probably getting Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango, five miles south of the field. We have Sierra inbound full stop. Connor Ben, say again. This is Cherokee 4121 Tango. We're five miles south, inbound full stop with Sierra. Cherokee 4121 Tango, Cherokee Tower, make left traffic, come 22 left, report down Make left traffic for 22 left, and we'll report downwind, uh, Cherokee 21 Tango. I should have hit the squelch on that one first. I turned it up just a teeny bit, and boy, then it just blew us out for a moment. Feel better? Here's the other bag. We'll... All right. Just... No fresh air on this plane. Yeah, it's a really hot day, bud. Need the bag? No. <laughs> He's okay. He's doing good. That's all right, buddy. We'll be on the ground in a moment. It was 2-2, correct? I was yep. not paying attention here. I was... Two two. Well, he did pretty good for really the the kind of flying we were doing on a hot day. He did good for a long time there, but I knew that'd be tough for him. Yeah. In that heat, and he's kind of, he can't see over the top of the window too well, so yeah, it'd be tough. They're always this hot. No. No. I usually fly in the morning when it's a lot nicer. We'll open the door in a minute. We'll be on the ground in just a minute. I'll get the door open. You guys will be a little bit cooler. All right, I'm going to turn the fuel pump on. Let's tank. It is a challenging time of the year to fly out here in the afternoons, I have to admit. I, if I don't stay up with it with the water, I'm just like, whoa, I'm just out of it. I just... I can take the heat, but it's as long as you stay hydrated. 
Chandler to Orange Turkey, 2-1 Tango's on downwind. Check 2-1 Tango, change to 2-2 right, runway 2-2 right, clear to land. Clear to land on 2-2 right, Cherokee 2-1 Tango. Okay. I'm far out here, so I'll turn a little early. down guys on that. The magnetic compass was all dried out. There's no fluid in it. I feel like saying, John, you ought to cover the thing up. It's sitting in the front of the airplane there. It's probably 300 degrees on it every day. You know, I used to cover, put a cover on it in the summertime so it wouldn't be so hot. This far one's okay, right? That's fine. Yep. Okay. 
better, doesn't it, guys? Well, that does it for this one. It was awesome to have two of my kids along with me, although I wish it had been more comfortable for them, of course. As I said before, they would get plenty of time in the air and even co-pilot from time to time in the front seat, which they would love. Several times we even went airplane camping together. But it was a good training flight with Larry, and I got some of my first hood time as well as some good practice and instruction on ground reference maneuvers. That hood time will become important a little later, as I alluded to, so remember this one. And thanks for joining us on this hot July flight. As usual, I would love to hear from you, so reach out to me in one of a few ways. My email address is bill at studentpilotcast.com, and you can reach out to me from the website, of course, too, at www.studentpilotcast.com, and click on the contact link near the top. Also, you can use the website to comment on a specific episode as well. Finally, you can find me on Twitter, too. At BillWill is my Twitter name. That's B-I-L-L-W-I-L. Thanks again for listening. I got hot, helped my kids appreciate air conditioning a little more, committed some aviation, and got 1.0 additional in the logbook. And it was the first time I took passengers, albeit with my instructor, of course. So I was feeling just a little bit more like I was going to be a pilot. Music for today's episode is To Be an Angel by the Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the podcast feeds on the web at studentpilotcast.com. Remember, any instruction that you hear in this podcast was meant for me and for me alone in the situation I was in at the time. Please do not try to blindly apply anything you see or hear in this podcast to your own flying without thinking it through on your own completely. If you have questions about any aspect of your flying, please consult a qualified CFI.